You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast. Everybody, welcome to episode 66 of the Team Stripes Podcast. I'm Brendan, joined uh, with Ross. Ross, how are you today? Dude, uh, living the dream as always here in, uh, well, rainy Tampa, Florida today. It's been raining all day. Went to school, about to ref some men's league games tonight. You know, all is good with the world. The usual day today. Oh, um, we there's not a whole lot to talk about. The uh, NHL's been kind of quiet for the most part this past week. Um, every series right now is a three to one series lead for one team. So at time of recording, the Lightning have a chance to end the series tonight against uh, the Bruins. And I believe, yes, it's the Stars also have a chance to end uh, Colorado's season. Which is crazy. I did not not see that coming with Colorado and Dallas. Yes and no. I mean, uh, in the the regular season, Dallas was 4-0 against Colorado. So I wasn't – I expected a tighter series. Um, Colorado hasn't played all that great, in my opinion nor has Dallas, but Dallas is – it's very weird on how they're playing and winning because they have stretches of six minutes and they score three goals, and they have yeah. stretches of time where they look like absolute shit. Um, <laughs> it is the best way to sum it up. I mean, it, it's been fun to watch because it's just like – I mean, yesterday they were down – or no, they, they were – they were about to blow their their three two lead, and then they go and score two goals thirty seconds apart, and it's it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, are you guys going to play consistently? We don't know. Um, yeah, it's it's just been it's been wild to watch. Like they're streaky, like during the game. Yeah, I think Colorado comes out tonight and at least forces a game six. Um, I would hope so with all the talent that's on that roster. Yeah. I mean, and Colorado on paper should be the better team. I think they are the better team, but it's the playoffs. Once you get hot, you're hot. It doesn't matter if you're the better team or not. Now, to go to your Tampa Bay boys, are they wrapping it up tonight against Boston? I want to say yes, but I'm not going to get my hopes up. Here's my thing. Boston hasn't looked good uh, except for game one, but that's because Tampa didn't play for the first, what, 55 minutes, 54 yeah, minutes? Tampa didn't show up until about 50 minutes into game one. And since then, it's just been lights out, Tampa Bay lightning hockey. Mm-hmm. And the scary thing is, is they are playing without Steven Stamkos. Yeah. I mean, I, as much as I hoped Boston was going to win that series, uh, I am 100%. It ain't looking good for the Bruins. No, just, I am I'm 100% thinking this this series is done tonight on Monday. And it's, I mean, if there's a team that, that comes back from 3-0 or 3-1 down, it's the Bruins. But I don't see them beating the Lightning three games in a row. Me neither. Um, let's see here. Vegas plays on Tuesday. Well, before we – before we go to the other series, we real quick, uh, we did have a major penalty reviewed. Yes, we did. In, uh, Lightning Bruins game where um, I think it was Richie hit Yanni Gord. Yep. And um, 
play went down. I guess they ended up blowing the whistle for Gord being down. The crew got together and uh, they ended up reviewing it. They did not initially have a penalty on the play and then a major penalty was assessed. So I believe it was one of the linesmen that actually was like, hey, I, th I think we have a major penalty here. Yeah, I mean, obviously they got the call right. I think uh, USA Hockey, Hockey Canada, that's a major game, no no doubt. Obviously we don't have a, a major penalty for boarding in either of those rules. Yeah, 100%, 100% any book that's not the pro book, that's a major any game misconduct. Yeah, and uh, – the, the linesman, if the linesman did point it out, I don't know who pointed it out. I mean, that's what lineys are there for. We, we point out the stuff that the refs missed. Thankfully, they somebody saw it, so they were able to review it. Um, and, I mean, ultimately, they got the right call. And then, and then no supplemental discipline came out of it. Yeah. And, I mean, they, they got the right call, and, and that's, that's, that's what matters, in my opinion. That's Yeah. I mean, the right call is the most important thing, obviously. Yeah, and then uh, so we got Vegas and Vancouver. Vegas obviously up three to one. Um, they are going to they're going to wrap it up here in Game Five, which would be tonight, Tuesday, September first. Um, I, I mean, I don't Vegas know how Vancouver. Yeah, um, a weird thing with this one though, and I, I think it showed a lot to Vegas's team character was last night, or I guess Sunday night, they had a friendly fire high stick penalty called on them. So two guys were going around the net. The demon for Vancouver high sticks his own guy. Referee calls it because I mean he sees a high stick. I don't know whose stick is who. Calls it. Once you look at the replay, you can see it was a friendly fire high stick, and everybody on the Vegas bench. Like from Peter DeVore down, just you could tell, looked at it and was like, yeah, that's a high stick, wrong team. Oh, well, they killed off the penalty. And I think that speaks a lot to Vegas and their coaching staff just to – because, I mean, you've seen teams just unravel. Was it a minor or was it the four? It was for... a minor, so they couldn't review it. Oh, boo. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it, and it's one of those ones where it, it it's going to happen. I mean, there's three sticks up in the air and – and, I mean, it's it's going to happen. That's too uh, bad that that play is not available for review. I feel it like – It is for a double minor. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like maybe a high stick would be something we would want to add to that reviewable section. I Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I mean, at the end of the day, it is what it is. You got to kill off the penalty, and they did. So, um, that Very series – that series there hasn't really been that big of a surprise. In my, I mean, Vegas. Is I mean, really, the biggest team. surprise series is the Islanders being up three-one on the Flyers. It, to me, that's not that big of a surprise. I, well, I mean, then again, though, the I mean, the Islanders are the hottest team right now. Yeah, the Islanders are hot. I mean, Philly was hot coming in, but Philly hasn't been able to score a goal since the first round. True. Um, they, I mean, they've they've scored in four games. They've scored five goals. Looking at it right now, so I mean, you can't win off off. Oh no, sorry, it was six goals in four games. Which I mean, you can't you can't win. Yeah, off you that. can't sustainably win off that. That's no. for sure. And I mean, the the Islanders are just playing their their clog up the neutral zones, get a turnover, score a goal or two, and then just absolutely button down defensive hockey which 
can be boring to watch, but at the same time, it, it can be fun. Yeah, um, honestly, it's been fun to watch just because they're playing like a legit system. I agree. I mean, Barry Trotz has that team. They've all bought in, and they're yep. playing the way he wants them to. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Trotz was – That's obviously why they're having success. Trotz was playing some psychological warfare with uh, with his own team. After game four on Sunday, he said that was the worst game they played since coming into the bubble. Uh, they only they, – they won three to two. And so it's it'll be interesting to see how they come out for game five. I think they win it in game oh, five. for sure. And uh, I think we see a, it would be a Tampa and Islanders Eastern Conference final. Crazy. With, yeah, I mean – Tampa, I don't think Tampa's that big of a surprise, but the Islanders. No, I think the Islanders are the surprise to be there. 100%. Um, I think with that, before we get any further, we have to talk about our interview today. Okay. Well, our interview today is with a female referee from Florida, Jess Herman. She is um, very experienced down here. She does a little bit of everything between uh, ACHA, soon to be CHF. Um, she does our USPHL Junior League as well as yearly goes to USA Hockey Nationals. I think with that, uh, we should send it over to her. So without further ado, Jessica. Uh, today's guest I have known for quite a while. She's an uh, awesome referee and an even better human. It's, uh, it's certainly been a pleasure getting to watch her grow up because, um, I've, like I said, I've known her quite a while. So uh, without further ado, today's guest, uh, Jessica Herman. Jess, how are you today? I am well. Thank you for that awesome introduction. Oh, you're welcome. Flattered. Uh, as you should be. You're just, you, you're awesome. So uh, it's, it's definitely nice to have you on. Awesome. I'm happy um, to be here. Perfect. Good. We're glad to hear that. So I really, I guess we'll just kind of jump right into it. Um, so I, I know a little bit of your story, but let, let's hear. So why, why'd you start refereeing and like, what was your playing career like growing up? All right. So I was a rink rat. My sister was a figure skater. And then out of nowhere, she decided, hey, I want to play hockey. So of course, me being the younger sister, I was like, all right, sign me up. I don't want to not do it. Um, I was seven or eight. And then the next couple years played around the rink whatever just played Jason Lordy was one of my officials I'm sure some of you know who he is another fellow official and Jimmy Blankenship they always used to annoy me and be like why don't you ref why don't you ref and then around when I was 15 another girlfriend that I was playing with was like why don't we just go to the course it's just you sit there all day you take an open book and then you're basically certified and uh, here we are 10 years later and I still take that test every year yep <laughs> mm-hmm I don't know why, but apparently I must like it enough to do it. <laughs> well, I, the fact that you've been doing this for 10 years, pretty big deal. Did this you year, get your 10 year pin? Not yet. So this, once I finish everything, I just did my open book. I know shame on me, but after uh, we, t- I think my seminars next week, it'll, it'll be the 10th season. So I'm like, I can't wait for my pin. <laughs> That's awesome. Right. And then, right. so South Florida, right. So uh, is where you, where you were playing growing up. Absolutely. Sunny state. Oh yeah. Good times. Yep. I think uh, I may have refereed you once or twice when you were when you were still playing. Of course, my little Golden Wolves days. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. So let's see. What do you what do you work now? Like on a season to season basis, and I guess obviously right now on a daily basis, like with everything going on. 
So I'm one of those famous men's league officials. Everyone makes fun of me for it, but uh, I guess you could say men's league is a big part of my life. But also we have our college leagues that I work here and there. We have a quite a bit of juniors and all of the, I guess you could say just recreational hockey. But then every once in a blue moon, I do get lucky and I get to leave the state and I get to work better tournaments or I don't want to say better, but more talent than I'm used to over here. Every so often I get that invite. You get your nationals once a year, but I don't know, I guess you could say my ACHA and my occasional junior tournaments that I get to travel for. Awesome. So you get, you, your hands are in a little bit of everything. Uh, I uh, dabble through quite a bit of much. There you go. Yeah. Do you get to work a lot of women's hockey? Unfortunately, I work it about twice a year if I'm lucky. We have districts, which I get to go to. And then that's when I, the most, that most women's hockey I get to work and then nationals, I get to do that. I'm basically men's and boys hockey, I'd say 11 out of 12 months of the year. Okay. Yeah. Well, with the fact that you do so little uh, women's hockey, yes. um, we'll, we'll talk about some of the, the men's stuff that you do. Like, how do you think being a female officiating the boys, um, how, how has that been for you? Like, what's that journey been like in, in the growing process? So I get what I've noticed, at least for myself, I feel that when a lot of the other officials, males, especially when they step on the ice, they already have their respect. It's a matter of losing their respect. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's the quality of their officiating determines whether or not they get to keep the respect or they don't have anymore. With me, when I step on the ice, there is no respect. I have to earn it every time. It's just, it, and I know it's because the ponytail that sticks out of the back of my helmet, but also I always wondered if I would like, if I lacked not learning other skills because this is the, the route that I chose to do is officiating and it's always been in the men's world. And honestly, I feel like it's made my confidence skyrocket because it's like when I step on the ice, I know, oh, people notice me. And we, as officials, we always want to go unnoticed. That's our, that's our thing. We just want to make Ain't it that the truth. You know what I mean? And every time I step on the ice, like I'm not trying to blow smoke up my bum, but everyone notices me. So I think because I stuck with this, I know how I call my game and it's a matter of sticking it with it. You know what I mean? So well, I really do think it's helped. Here in Florida, I mean, I can only think of a handful of female officials off the top of my head. Right. So like, obviously when you get on the ice as a female official, everyone is going to notice you and everyone kind of knows who you are because Absolutely. of the games that you're working all the time. Mm -hmm. Brendan, you got anything for Jess? Yeah. I I, I, I guess with that, like knowing you're one of the few female officials in Florida, like, do you think that's a benefit to you or do you think it hurts you in the long run? Um, I wouldn't say it hurts me in the long run because if anything, with all the partners that I've met, Ross being one of them, I just, I get to learn so much and I get opinions and critiques from all around the border. Like, cause a lot of times they don't have to deal with situations that I've dealt with, but because of that, I get so many different angles on how to view things if that makes sense 100 percent, that makes sense but yeah but no i no regrets i sometimes it's like when i go up north to work on work tournaments and it's like all these girls work together all these girls know each other of course like i do lack a little bit of that because let's be real the only person the other only other female that i really work with year round is jess fry i love her to death but i don't get to work with all these other females that work together all the time that deal with, I don't want to say just problems, but deal with situations together. Mm -hmm. Sounds like every year, um, you know, the fact that you don't work with a lot of female officials throughout the season, 
And then obviously you're getting thrown into districts, working girls games, thrown into nationals, working girls games. Like that's gotta be pretty rough, eh? In my opinion, they're two completely separate games. Like I understand the same, it's the same goal, get the biscuit in the net, but it's two completely, in my opinion, girls hockey, it's more finesse if that makes sense, because body checking is a huge part of in men's hockey, take player mm -hmm. off puck. And in, in women's hockey, you can't do that. So when it comes to tournaments and games like that, I don't want to say I go in with a different mindset, but I have to like almost remind myself, hey, this is a girls game. Because the big joke for me when I was younger was, when are you going to start calling the game like a referee and not a player? Especially because I had played, I had grown up through the system. And then it was like, we're not playing anymore. We're now calling the game. So in situations like that, where I go to go the girls tournament, it's almost like a light switch goes off. And I'm like, all right, this is what we came here to do. We came here to ref girls hockey. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just, it's slightly different. And sometimes you got to get into the mode because like I said, I work it one month out of the year. If yeah. that. Well, and two, you played boys hockey growing up. You didn't exactly. play on a girls team. Never. I did one summer and it, I don't even really count it because what did I play? To, I played 10 years of guys hockey. Yeah. So I understand that, you know, the mentality of you can't like, cause with, with the guys, like, especially those of us who played or play still, like we still want to call it like a player. Of course. You know, like that's, you, you turn into that player's referee. So absolutely. To speak, and it helps you build that rapport. Whereas like, I know on the women's side, it's like a little more, I guess, technical, like you're more towards the like scientist side of officiating. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I know like I just did a, a level one seminar over the weekend that I was teaching and we were trying to teach body contact versus body checking. And the example that we used was if you want to know what the difference between body checking and body contact is, watch a high level women's game. Yep. I remember one of my first seminars ever when I went to my first women's camp, we were watching videos comparing body checking to body contact. And I was seeing some of the body contact and I was like holy smokes <laughs> yeah the biggest difference obviously body checking body contact how do you go into a high level women's game where there is so much body contact but not body checking and differentiate between the two because like I know even a jump from a peewee game to a bantam game where there's no checking and then checking like there, there's always a big issue of oh is that a check or was that just a rub out like how do you do that me personally, and I, maybe I get to be biased because I did play, I think we, even as officials, we know the intent. I think when you see a play, you know what someone's intent is, at least in my opinion. I'll see a play happening, how it's forming, and I'm like, no, that person meant to deliberately, like, knock that person down, or no, that person literally went in there to, like, to make body contact to retrieve the puck. So a big thing I have to remind myself was, when that person went in to make that play, what was their intent at the end of the day? And I, I, I get it's my opinion versus their opinion as player, but at the end of the day, that's what I'm looking for. If that's, well, that's that, the best I can put it. That makes sense, you know, because you got your player, you know, your player cap on, so to speak, mm -hmm. and you're watching the play happen. Like, okay, is this person trying to angle? Right. Make body contact and, you know, make a play on the puck or – is this person trying to throw a body check to separate from them from the puck? Exactly. And a big time that I have to explain this is, God, I know everyone hates saying this, but in men's league, so let's say somebody's trying to split the D, and so they try and do a fancy dangle, whatever, 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 and the defenseman steps up on them. They're like, how do you not have a call there? I'm like, 
what do you expect me to do there? You just tried splitting the D. Of course you're going to get bodied on someone. And it's not even necessarily a body, but it's like, did, did, did that player ever leave their lane? Did they ever do anything? It's like, that's mm-hmm. just body contact. I don't have a check there. Yep. Just simple explanations like that. For sure. Like it, it's one of those things, especially in men's league is the perfect example of it. You know, the, the thing we love to hate. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, it's, you know, trying to get these guys to understand the difference between them getting checked and getting, you know, body contact. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's a nightly thing for, for those of us that, you know, do the grind of men's league. Right. Like, I know a majority of our listeners, we're all, we're all out there grinding, you know, <laughs> dealing, dealing with it. And it's just one of those things, like, I really wish more people understood. And like, I've always been one to say, Hey, you know, the, um, the coaches need to maybe get some rule stuff when they do their like yearly registration. Mm -hmm. But I feel like too, like as an adult league player, when you register, they should have just like a a module or two on some rule stuff. And maybe, you know, I would love that. Or just the black and white videos that we have to see when we go to our ref seminars where it's like a trip is a trip is a trip is a trip, but then show Mm -hmm. them some videos and it's like, Hey, (laughs) by the way. Yes. That would be, that would be very nice. I would love that. (laughs) So, you know, moving on from our, our men's league uh, glory days stories. Um, talk about your experience, uh, especially down here being like the female, you, you know, between you and Jess Fry, you know, being females work in ACHA and, and the junior league. So me, I guess I've been lucky because I've heard horror stories that like Jess has dealt with what she's been called, what she's been said. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I've never heard it myself. Maybe somebody said it behind my back, whatever. But I guess I've been lucky because I have quite a rapport with these players. Most of them know who I who I am, who I are, whatever the correct wording is on that. The players <laughs> know I am. And I think for the most part, you know what you're getting if you know who I am. I don't ref any different it's always the same you know what I mean so when people like complain mm-hmm. about something I'm like didn't you have me last week didn't the same thing happen last week so uh, it's I've been quite lucky but then at the same time like I've worked with you whenever I come up to like North Florida you know what I mean stuff like that mm-hmm. so I've got these awesome partners that always have my back no no matter where I'm at so that always helps you know what I mean because yes, you're only as strong as your weakest link so when I've got people like you and everyone that we have there's no I it's hard for me to fail you know that it is. And that's certainly something that I know for me, working with you over the years, I've always tried to set you up with success for success. Absolutely. And obviously our, our core group down here anyway, just in general, like that's what we try to do for each other. And we do have, you know, a solid foundation here in Tampa and well, the floor, I should say Florida, not just Tampa, but like um, between, like you said, Lordy, and then we got, you know, Googleman and OC, some of the other guys yep. and, uh, you mentioned uh, Jimmy Blankenship, who I think for you and I both, he was a huge influence. That's an on understatement. Both of us as officials. Understatement. He was probably one of the first officials working my little mic games that I can remember him being like a referee always. And then when I became a part of the system, and he was now like I was, he was like my supervisor, my mentor. It's, I can never give enough thanks to him. Even on like the bad days, you know what I mean? Because we've all been there where you get burnt out and you're like, oh my God, why am I doing this? And then it's like, well, I enjoy this. I do this because I enjoy this. Yep. Yep. And um, for those of you who may not know who Jimmy Blankenship was, he or is, he was an official down in South Florida. One of the best. 
Um, I, I'd, I'd put him up against anyone that's ever refereed with a USA hockey crest on. That person, um, he had the book, like the back of his hand, the top of his brain. Yeah. Any situation, he could answer it for you. Yeah. I think it was what Jimmy the rule book is what yes. everybody called him. Those, those random situations that you're like, when would that ever happen in a game? You bet he, he knows what to do for that situation. Yep. That he certainly did. And unfortunately he did pass away from uh, brain cancer. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I, and one thing that I made sure to do um, towards the end was I did reach out to him and I said, Hey, just so you know, like I wouldn't be where I am as an official without you. Absolutely. So one of those things, he was an absolutely outstanding human being. Great guy. Um, yes. So on, on to more positive things. Yeah. Um, so what are you doing now? Like, uh, I know, well, first of all, I guess we should mention that you graduated from the University of Central Florida's broadcasting school. <laughs> and, so, uh, fun times. I can't wait to explain this. So I guess the joke is like every washed up hockey player, what do we end up doing? And it's either cop or firefighter, right? Like a good majority yeah. of them. Or broadcaster. <laughs> or so broadcaster. I went to school school for uh, four years, got a degree in broadcasting. I wanted nothing more than to be like uh, Catherine Tappan or on the fly being one of those girls that just talked hockey and got paid for it. And here I am with a four-year degree going to fire school so I could become a firefighter. <laughs> well, you know, that door could still always open up for you. Well, it, it's never too late. But also what I've like told myself to like reassure myself so like with my 24 uh, on, 48 off, and if I possibly move up north like I want to, that opens up the book for so much more hockey that I would love to do. Genuinely oh, though, I'm like, if this actually happens, oh my lanta. <laughs> so where are you thinking about going since I haven't actually talked to you about this? Um, I would love to go up north anywhere, quite honestly, that has a good amount of hockey because mm. I'm not trying to like boost myself up, but I know if I was in a better area for hockey that I'd be working such. Oh yeah. Oh, hundred percent. I, I think, you know, a lot of us um, that work around the country or around the world, really like you're only limited, you're limited by uh, in a big way by the, the hockey in your area absolutely so like for you being limited on the women's side because there really isn't much here in florida and that's mm -hmm. that's nobody's fault you know it's just it, it's just kind of how logistics work and all yeah. that so definitely if you were in a, another location I, I you know big things out of you for sure see that's always in the back of my head or i'm like you know what if i do move up north like it, it wouldn't be the end of the world no not at all yeah and you, and you obviously, you know, a lot of officials up there anyway. So. Right. I was like, cause Jenny Cameron, who is originally from Florida and then she moved up to Boston and here she is working the NWHL or like Sammy Klein, where now she moved up North and I'm like, good for you. I'm like, oh, I'm so jealous, but like, good for you. Yep. Sammy, uh, actually we're going to have her on, uh, at some point too, to, to talk about her, her experiences. I love it. Um, so have you been watching the, obviously you've been watching the playoffs and saw your, your Panthers were kind of disappointing. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> has anything, has anything stuck out to you as far as the playoffs go? Um, I, I know Brendan is, uh, is like ready to go on some kind of rant for, for the playoff hockey. Oh, I'm all about it. I'm, I'm all ears. It. I'm loving it right now. That's all I care about. Flames are out. I couldn't care less who wins. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. I'm, I have it in the background as we speak. And it's so funny. I was talking to a couple of men's league players last night and they were saying, we will never see a playoffs like this again, because 95% of everyone's healthy. 
Yeah. I never thought of it like that. I was like, that's such a valid point. He goes, all these players are healthy. Like, of course, Stamkos is out, but like, what else is new? Yeah. Everyone's healthy. That's wild. Mm-hmm. But you know, I and I wouldn't even be opposed to seeing the season shortened a little bit and expanding out to twenty-four teams and doing it exactly like this. I'm not so mad having about a little it. Playing around, like, I don't know. I think it's been fun. I've loved the tweets that were on like Twitter and Instagram where it's like, it, it reminds you of like a might tournament with all the players in the corner of the Zamboni yep. watching overtime. I'm like, that's incredible. <laughs> well, that's a perfect segue. Speaking of tournaments, uh, we got one uh, coming up in a couple weeks. Dude, I'll see you. I think I'll see you in less than a week. What is I it? Know. Two weeks? Uh, less than a week? Two weeks Not this weekend, night. but the following weekend. All right, cool. I'm excited. Should be a good time. <laughs> Too bad we can't get Brendan to come over from Dallas, but he's got his own big Labor Day tournament. I was say, we got enough hockey here. <laughs> That's sick. Oh, I'm ready. Oh, so am I. I uh, and then we got a Zoom call tonight about uh, instructing. Oh, yeah. I just – I can't even uh, – I got lucky, and I think I'm doing my first one this weekend with you. Yep. Yeah, I did the level one this past weekend. It, it didn't go too terrible. It was fun. That's, that's a plus. I thought you were about to say it, it didn't go too well. I was like, oh. No, no, it, it, it went pretty good. It went pretty good. This, this whole Zoom thing for those, uh, our, uh, our listeners up in Canada, if you guys, I'm not sure how you guys are doing seminars, but here in the States, it is via Zoom. It is pretty interesting. Um, had some good conversation. It was a little awkward at times. I'm sure of it. But, you know, we got through it. And I know Brandon did his level four via Zoom. Yeah, it was a blast. How could it not be? No skating test? I'm living my best life. No skating test. And I mean, like, we had – so we had the Zoom call going. We had a group chat going of, like, seven or eight guys in it. And then we had, like, all the private chats. And we were just – we were having a blast with it. That's awesome. (laughs) I can't believe this. What a year. Oh, I know. I think like, they should do this from, every year. <laughs> well, I mean, really, when you think about it, as far as the year goes, we had we did dis we did what states together, right? Yes. And then you went and did districts. And then after that, and then no nationals for anybody. Mm-hmm. I remember receiving the text. I was like, no way. Yep. So like, and then obviously we have a couple of friends that uh, that are referees that play college hockey, like mm-hmm. uh, Max, who his school qualified for ACHA nationals and they didn't get to go. And it was like the first time they qualified in years. Wow. So like just this whole thing for everybody. And then obviously getting going again, I well, think. Did you see yesterday? I think Gulf Coast just tweeted or something that they're not doing their fall season. Oh, so funny story behind that. Um, and I found this out two nights ago. So we don't have ACHA down here anymore. I heard, what is it? Oh, it's it's college movie. hockey or college hockey federation. See, Lip and I were doing men's league last night. And he was mentioning something about it. And I was like, hmm, excuse me? Well, like, yeah. give me more details, please. So all the, for anyone in the Southeast, um, most of the ACHA is now part of CHF. So the SECHC, which is all the SEC schools plus a couple others, and the SCHC, which is the uh, um, USF, U- University of Tampa, Central Florida, Florida Gulf Coast, Miami, I think, and FAU, um, they all jump ship out of the ACHA to the CHF. Huh. And as far as I know, no one in that 
league is playing in the fall, they're planning on starting some kind of crazy season in the spring. Interesting. Best of luck to them. So yeah, that, that's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah. Leadership. So Brennan, do you have any, uh, any more questions for Miss Jess? Yeah, I have one. Um, you obviously mentioned earlier that you stick out like a sore thumb when you get on the ice being a mm -hmm. female official. How do you communicate with coaches? I mean, especially when you were just starting out, like how terrifying was that? Like, how'd you build up your confidence? So I think I know I, this is going to be my response every time and I'm not even upset about it. So I worked at a rink called Pines Ice Arena. I started when I was 15 and we did not have nearly enough officials for men's league. So when I was 16 years old, I got thrown into men's league. And I truly think if I didn't have that, I would have never stuck it out because I was getting chirped left and right. And that's where I think I got my thick skin was doing men's league and just being caught. Oh my God. I was like a bleach blonde in high school. And I remember this one guy goes, you better figure it out blondie. And I'm just like, you know, what? like, all right, I guess I'm going to get some comments here and there, but truly I think dealing with that and just growing confidence and still, even to this day, I'm still learning. You know what I mean? Every game, something new happens. You're like, Oh, I wonder if I should, should have dealt with that differently. But men's league was a huge thing for me. It's where I practiced a lot of situations. Also like now today, even sometimes I don't want to say I have a lip out there, but sometimes you like people open up the door and it's like, am I going to give you the two or am I going to talk back to you? And like now my penalty options have gone out the door. And sometimes it's fair game. I'm like, you know what? Like person to person, that's not right. I'm going to say what I need to say. Yep. But even like just working, like, like I said, working with people like Ross also, everyone's dealt with the same experiences you've dealt with. So sometimes I have to remind myself, yeah, I'm a girl. But I've also seen people that are males that have dealt with the same baloney that I deal with. Mm -hmm. So, but then again, I will be honest and like I know every other female official has dealt with this. Sometimes people are creepy. People are creepy, and it doesn't matter where you are. Coaches can be creepy. You'll hear some comments, and you're just like, "Excuse me, like I'm roughing your game right now." Right. Like, and but, players too. Trying to. Oh my uh, god! College games, especially when I was in college, working college games, I was just like, "Oh my god!" I'm gonna keep a straight face and pretend I didn't hear absolutely <laughs> anything, and I'm gonna continue my line change now. Right. Because eh. I'm sure you've been asked for your number a couple of times out there. Or the best is like when I'm like, "Oh, like what's your number?" Uh, nine five four, and I'm like, "No, no, no! Thank you so much, but like, I just want to record your goal. Twenty <laughs> one, <laughs> but like, I just want to give you some points here." <laughs> That's so funny. And then you mentioned obviously chirping the guys back. I think. Of course. Obviously, that's not the. I know I'm probably uh, shouldn't admit that, guys. Don't be. No, mad no, me. it's it's perfectly fine. It, you know, it's not the the most appropriate thing to do sometimes. Whatever. Yeah. But like when we when we know that when you know the people and it's the same people over and over again, sure. you have that rapport. Like, like men's league situation yeah that or i mean even a little bit into some of the higher level stuff we do Absolutely. where we're seeing the same college players or the same junior kids over and over again mm -hmm. you know if, if you have a good enough relationship with a player and you guys are just going back and forth mm -hmm. no big deal most definitely you know? so it's 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 a tool in the toolbox i think that it, uh i definitely know that you have uh very good uh, execution of I think there's a fine line and I know when that fine line is getting a little too far. And sometimes ironically enough, I'm not saying that we should be doing this all the time. There's a time and place for everything. But I think sometimes when someone hears me not defend myself, but I guess like 
stick up for my calls or my reasoning, they almost like, sometimes there's a little bit of respect given to me. Like, Oh, she's not going to just let me get away with saying this to her. All right. Got it. I like, I get what she's saying. I see what she's doing. And just sometimes, like I said, there's a time and place for everything. And honestly, having lined a, a decent amount of junior games for you while you were refereeing, I, I've actually seen that happen. Yeah. Where we've gone to the bench together, you know, you've had a discussion with a coach and they skate away. And then I'm just standing there and they're like, she gets it. Yeah. Yeah, she does. She's actually pretty good. Thank you so much. I'm flattered. So sometimes I like a big part of the game with officiating is communication. Like, mm -hmm. I learned that from the way Gecko, the way you interact with players, the way you interact with coaches, everything. And I've always been, I'm more of a communication person. If you have a problem with my call, that's totally fine. Like if I'll, not every call, if you've got a problem with that, then it's like, all right, buddy, like we're not going to yeah. deal with this. But every so often, if you want to like explain something or you want my opinion, for sure, I'll give it to you. Respect with respect. I, you give it, I'll return it. I couldn't, I, I can't stress enough how big of advice that is for for uh, officials like too many times we see guys or gals officiating with either the I'm not I don't want to talk to you or that short mm -hmm. fuse or whatever it's it's a two-way street you know obviously the coaches are gonna you know get to a point where they're gonna stick their foot in their mouth you know and it's just it is what it is and you got to skate away right but definitely you know being a good communicator is, is something huge and I know for you like having gone through broadcasting school, like learning that kind of communication stuff. I'm sure that, that definitely helped you in your journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Speaking on that experience, it helps so much. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm doing broadcast for school as well. And ever since I figured out how to actually communicate with people, life has gotten so much easier. I'm sure of it. And you oh, could referee like, down. Sorry. <laughs> Who just went down? Oh, there he is. Oh, my God. He's playoffs. <laughs> okay. Sorry to hijack the podcast <laughs> for a brief second. I just saw someone go to go to the ice. Beer's on him. Right? Aye, aye, aye. Okay. Continue on, Brendan. Sorry. <laughs> or, or Brendan. That's all I had. Oh, fair enough. Well, I, I guess, you know, we, we touched on a lot. We learned quite a bit about Miss Jess Herman. Thank and, you so And much. her path as an official. Um, it's like I said, it's been, it's been fun watching you grow as a person and as a referee. Thank you. Um, and I just, I can't, you know, say enough how much, how, how much or how highly I think of you. Um, and He's obviously, to know. So um, with that, again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having I, I me. Hope, oh, it was, it was an absolute blast. I, I hope everyone enjoys this, this episode. Um, and I think in the future, obviously, I'm sorry. I said a little insight to the other side. Yes. Um, obviously, you know, this, this podcast is for everyone. So we're definitely going to be having more female officials on. Right on. And uh, as, as the season rolls on, um, you know, getting some insight from female officials on the feet, you know, on the women's side, uh, definitely, um, definitely is going to be awesome to have along with that. So I guess, uh, Brennan, any final, any final thoughts from you? No, obviously. Thank you for coming on, Jessica. Uh, I think the women's side of hockey is so cool and I don't get to see a whole lot of it, mm -hmm. uh, besides the Olympics. So it's always cool to get an inside on the other side. Um, Absolutely. 
and yeah, just thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. I had a blast. Well, you know what? Brennan did mention one thing, so I, I need to ask you a question. Let's hear it. Um, when in 2016, when the women's team was training here, how awesome was that for you to get to skate? So that was probably one of the coolest experiences in the world to me because I guess one of my goals in the future is to eventually get like IHF certified, even though mm -hmm. I live in Florida. I'm like, if I can do it, I'm going to do it. And just being able to work their games and seeing the raw talent and basically officiating. I was officiating that game. It, um, I, I, words do not do it justice. Seeing how incredible they were. It was I like, I don't, I don't even know. How, like I got chills thinking about it because how incredible they were. And it's like, mm -hmm. at points I had to remind myself, you're not watching Jessica, you're officiating. Stop. Like, stop. It was, it, it was that cool to be on the ice with these women that are like, holy smokes, did you just really do that? What I think you just did? Like the hands on them are disgusting. Yeah. It was certainly just an amazing experience. And I believe I got to do one of those games with you. Dude, I was a kid in a candy shop working those games. Every time I yeah. got the log, I'm like, oh my God, say less, be there soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that, it was just something that popped into my head. It was an experience yeah. that we both got to do that I, I definitely wanted to, to throw in the podcast that, you know, and, and it, it's kind of cool too. When you think about it, it's like, yeah, we kind of helped with, with their journey to winning the gold yeah, medal. Somewhere in the puzzle pieces, we're there. Even if it's at the bottom of the totem pole, we were there. <laughs> yes, we were. Welcome back from our interview with Miss Jess Herman. Uh, again, just an absolutely awesome individual. It was great talking to her. What'd you think, Brendan? It was a blast. Uh, I mean, she was, she made me want to come down and ref with you guys. Uh, we talked about your big Christmas junior tournament and it made me want to come down and ref there. Um, she sounds, she sounds awesome. And I mean, I hope the best for her and, and hopefully she can do what she wants to do with officiating. Oh yeah, for sure. She's always uh, had uh, high expectations of herself and she's always worked really hard and she just continues to get better as an official. So nothing but the best out of, for her in the future. That's for sure. So uh, we were talking about it last week. We had um, our, we wanted to start back up our, our wacky rule or wacky situation um, and with our partners at Acme Thunder to get a one of their whistles. I believe it's the matte black one with the Team Stripes logo on it. So today we're going to start our first question, and it is in the USA Hockey Rule Book, and it is the spare goalkeeper on the player's bench interferes with a player on the ice. What penalty should be assessed and who should serve it? To submit your answers, you can do it on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the first person to answer correctly um, will be getting, will be in contact with you. We'll send you a thunder whistle. So we look forward that to sounds hearing. Sounds like a good deal. I, I honestly don't know the answer to that. Yeah. But then, I, again, but then again, I don't know the answer to many rules questions. I, I had to look it up before we, before we started. So it's, it's okay. Um, I have too much going on in my head already. <laughs> I think that kind of wraps it up for this episode. I know it's a short episode, but there's not a whole lot of honestly the officiating, the officiating in the NHL has been so good this round. They're mm -hmm. getting everything right. Um, really haven't seen many coaches challenges. Uh, there's honestly, it's 
better than par for the course for for right now because everything's just going super smooth. Yep, so. we've only seen uh, one linesman set a pick that led to a goal. Yeah, well, you know, we've nope. all been there. Nowhere to for talk him to about go. that real quick. All you can do is, you know, yell at yourself for that split second. And then you just got to move on with the game and not let it bother you. Otherwise, it's just going to. And I, I thought that the uh, the linesman, I can't think of who it was right now off the top of my head. I thought he had a great game after that. Oh, 100%. I mean, like, it, it happens. It, that's the best way to put it. It happens. Like, hockey's fast. The NHL's even faster. And it sucks that it goes into the back and of the net. But what do you Lucky do? for him, it was a 7-1 to one hockey game and not a two to one hockey game. Yeah, I mean that made it it made it three nothing for Tampa. So I mean it, it wasn't Boston wasn't playing good by any means. So it's it's one of those ones where it's like a No, not at all. And the the best thing the best thing that came out of it obviously it was really didn't have any effect on the no. I mean it had an effect on the game, but in the grand scheme of the total game in general, it was Boston really didn't show up regardless. So it wasn't that it wasn't that big of a deal in the grand scheme. I, I agree. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I think we need to plug our Team Stripes Academy. 100%. If you want to check that out, uh, just quick Google search for Team Stripes Academy. I believe it is on sale currently. I think it's either $40 or $50 US for the master course taught by uh, the officiating legend himself, Don Koharski. And uh, also don't forget to follow us on all our social medias and YouTube. Go Team Stripes. Um, thank you, guys. Ross, always a pleasure talking to you. Always, dude. Looking and forward to next week. Who um, we have Next week, we have the state supervisor of the state of Florida. Um, he goes into some detail and some cool stuff. We talk about what it's like to be a state supervisor, which most of us have no idea what goes into that. And we also discuss what goes into being an off-ice official for the National Hockey League, which is uh, one of his new jobs that he just got. It'll be a fun interview, that's for sure. Uh, oh, yeah, thank- I think everyone's going to enjoy it. I agree. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Yep. Uh, enjoy your games this week if you're working. Bust your butt if you're working a Labor Day tournament because uh, I know we both are. It's going to be a long weekend of hockey. So thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next week.